So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. What is going on, everyone? Well, wait a minute. We got we got sideways Dutch. We got sideways Dutch. There he is. Now he's 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 right side up. Dutch, you all right there? We good. All of a sudden, he can't hear me anymore. And Dutch, oh man, what a what a great way to start off the show. Welcome into Smack Talk, everybody. Rick Uchino here. Uh, we'll try to get uh, Dirty D back on uh, here in a second. We do appreciate all you guys tuning in. Uh, to uh, Smack Talk here on a Friday night. We made it. The weekend is here. SmackDown is in the books. Rampage is in the books. A uh, a rough uh, SmackDown uh, tonight. If you have not heard the words from the man himself, uh, obviously there was a scary spot uh, involving Big E. He took a bad bump on a belly-to-belly suplex uh, from uh, Ridge Holland, and he was down. Uh, video surfaced online of Big E being taken out of the arena on a stretcher uh, after that match was over. And he kind of gave the thumbs up there as uh, as he was leaving the arenas. We'll bring Dutch back in here. Do you got us, Dutch? Oh, can you hear me? I got you. I got you now, Dutch. We got you. You can't I cannot hear, hear you, man. Nothing. All right. Try to come back in. I'll be back. All right. Well, a lot of technical difficulties here. Uh, but uh, anyway, Biggie was taken out on a stretcher. Uh, he put a video out on Twitter uh, just a, uh, a little bit ago uh, saying that he has feeling in all of his extremities, his fingers and everything like that. His strength feels good. But unfortunately, the doctors say that he did uh, break his neck, uh, which is scary. It is unfortunate it is just i mean there's not enough there's not enough adjectives to really describe what that is it's just a a terrible situation yeah ricky according to biggie himself on twitter he the doctors say that he broke his neck um obviously you know good news he can he can move his fingers and everything like that um but that's that's the update that uh, that we have right now. And man, the outpouring has been uh, tremendous from wrestlers all across every brand, whether it's heel, babyface, does not matter. Uh, and yeah, we do send our our well wishes uh, to to Big E. Just man, I'll tell you what that that really kind of just took you out of the entire show. And that's what happened with me on SmackDown. That that first the opening segment with Brock was great, and then we get the we get the butch thing, which we'll get into, and then, yeah, the 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 Big E next situation, man, it just absolutely crushed you, and it it took you out of the show. And again, we we hope the three, that, four, you know, right? am, I, am I in here? 
you're in here. Do you got me? God, I got you. I don't know what happened. <laughs> All right. Well, we, we, we got you now. We got right, you now. Man. Okay. I want everybody to tell me, did Rick slam me while I was gone? Uh, well, uh, well, you can hit those guys. You can hit those up in the chats, but anybody who says, uh, that I did, I will, I will, I will not bring up your chat. Uh, we do appreciate you guys tuning in here, uh, tonight, uh, Dutch, I was just kind of running down what happened with Big E tonight and, uh, his own report that, uh, that he did break his neck on that belly to belly suplex from, uh, from Ridge Holland, just a, a really, really scary wow. situation. And, you know, in, in that kind of situation, Cause I don't, I mean, you're talking about a broken neck and like nothing is good in that situation, but the fact that, but the fact that he can kind of move his fingers a little bit and he's, you know, he's got, or well, he moved him very well. He was able to record a video. And then the fact that, you know, he says his strength feels good and he he's moving all right. Um, I mean, mm. that, that's gotta be a half decent sign, but I mean, still, this is just absolutely terrible. Oh, it is terrible. I mean, you, you work. You know, WrestleMania is like the biggest show. You, you're all geared up and pumped up for that. And then, what, three weeks? Three weeks and a day yeah. before the show, you end up with an injury like this. He is lucky that he's not paralyzed. And and I'm glad that he's not good guy. I wish I was the best to him. But it's really, really sad that Big E is, is hurt like this. And not only just 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 skip WrestleMania. Just talk about his life. Yeah. I mean, if he'd have hit this right, you know, you could, you could very easily die from a, from an injury like that. And it's what wrestlers, that's what they do all the time and think nothing of it. Just something gets hurt like this. So my best wishes to Big E, and I hope he recovers and gets uh, back a hundred percent and hope, hope he gets there soon. But I think he, by and large, he's out of WrestleMania. Oh, for for sure. There's no doubt about that. With three weeks left to go, you know, when when you're in that situation, because you know I, anybody who has been on uh, a frequent watch of the show knows that I did I did a little bit of training. Never did a, a belly to back suplex. Never really did a whole lot of of, of those kind of maneuvers. I didn't really want to go head over head over heels on that. You know, in, in that kind of situation, is it is what what went wrong there? You know, where the fact that Biggie wasn't able to get over enough there. First of all, in wrestling, you're depending on your opponent at least 50 to 60 percent. So, unless his opponent slipped or he didn't get him up, or maybe Biggie didn't propel himself to clear himself, who knows? Who knows what happened? But the fact that it happened is, is concerning enough. Yeah, but who knows? I mean, you can get hurt at just just like this. Yeah, I mm. mean, and, and there's been honestly, there's been a run of of really scary stuff. You go back to to Mad Cat Moss's, uh, you know, tucking his head on the 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 inverted Alabama slam in Saudi Arabia uh, just this past Sunday at Revolution. Jericho got dumped on the top of his head. Uh, and there's been a couple, man. There have been some like very scary. Uh, bumps that have happened and then ease was just the latest line you know luckily everybody else was able to uh, uh, avoid injury but this is i mean there's really no kind of way to man there's there's it's just a terrible situation and it sucks for him and it sucks for this guy and i can't and i'm not blaming like I'm not blaming wwe like i'm not saying that they're at fault for this but i can't help but think that he shouldn't even have been in this situation 
because he still should have been over on Raw. He still should have been in a, in a yep. main event scene because he is a star, and he never really should have been dropped. You know, had dropped the WWE Championship. He should be preparing to fight Seth Rollins in three weeks. Like that's that's just my opinion. I wish they would have stuck with that plan. And it just sucks that if they would have stuck with that plan, this wouldn't have happened. I'm not saying that it's WWE's fault or anything like that, but I just can't get that thought out of my mind that, you know, this wouldn't have happened if he didn't get moved back over to SmackDown. It, it just absolutely sucks. Um, Steven, the latest word about Xavier Woods is uh, from Fightful Select is that he has been cleared. Um, he's, uh, he's on the internal roster sheet uh, as of right now, and I believe that the plan was that they were setting up a trios match at WrestleMania, which is why Butch was brought in uh, this evening. So it was going to be Sheamus and Ridge and Pete Dunne. Uh, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about against all three members of the New Day. Um, I mean, this is going to throw a major wrench, obviously, into those WrestleMania plans. So uh, they're going to have to, again, this whole event has kind of been thrown together with the ever-changing card here, Dutch. And now they got to they got to reconfigure things again. Well, that's what it is. It's a reconfigurement, really, almost every week. You know, depending on whatever, to pick, depending on the circumstances of who got hurt, who's available, who had to leave, who had to come in. Yeah. And they're used to this because they they'll rewrite it on the spot if they have to. And it might not be what the original plan was. Sometimes it's better, and sometimes it's equal to it. I doubt. And sometimes it's it's a lot less. That's what they're trying to avoid. At least not let it make it be less. At least kind of get it close to the middle. But those things happen, and I, I think most people in wrestling accept that. I think most most fans accept that. Yeah. Because it's like a football player getting hurt. Sure. He has to have a substitute go in. Well, you hope he does well, but your guy can't go, and you're disappointed, but you'll live with it. Uh, Ozzy, uh, hi, Rick and Dutch. Where is Sid? Sid is, uh, on is a, that, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't know if we should release this really. <laughs> Sid is in jail. I hate to say that, but he's, he's been arrested for impersonating a wrestling commentator. Oh, oh, that's a third degree felony in some States. Oh, it is. Yeah. No. Why is, why is Sid not here? Uh, Sid is on a very uh, hard-earned vacation with his family this oh, week. Oh, well, very good. I hope he yeah. enjoys it. Yeah, so he's off this week. And it was very nice of Cincinnati Bell to make sure that my internet actually worked this evening uh, so I could do the show uh, this week as opposed to just, you know, about 10, 20 last week, just completely shutting it off for whatever damn reason. So uh, I'm happy that I'm able to to be here. I wish I could have been with you guys last week because SmackDown was actually yeah. a show last week. I come yeah. back and everything goes to hell. Uh, so yeah. I guess well, you guys can just uh, blame well, me. Well, we missed you last week, right? I do, I do appreciate it. Like Ted Bundy missed electricity. Mm. You get that? I, I You don't I get, get that. You don't uh, no, get I, that. I got that. You know who you know who Ted Bundy is. Yes, notorious okay. serial killer. Yes. 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 Got yes, the electric yes. chair. I got it. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> Thank you. I have another one, but I can't use it. <laughs> uh, Joseph, I, I won't. I won't use it here. Oh, sorry. Clicked on the wrong one. Where's a uh, Stephen? Uh, Stephen saying WWE just butchered Pete Dunn's career. All right, let let's talk about this one, Dutch, because. Uh, I don't think so. WWE. All right. So internet lost their damn minds ahead of the, the, the biggie injury is when 
you get Sheamus and Ridge Holland backstage and they're cutting this promo and they say they got a guy and they're going to bring him in. They're going to help him out. You might know him by another name, but we know him as Butch. And then. And I thought cut. right there, how, how creative. Oh, I'm sure you did. Oh, and I, and I, I recognized the face, right? but I couldn't place him. Yeah. This is, this is a guy who has, uh, uh, a, a very, um, has had a very good career under the name Pete Dunn. He's a former well, uh, NXT well, UK over. champion. He's, you know, <laughs> been heavily featured in NXT since coming over from NXT UK. I was really hoping that the, the crossover storylines that we've seen between raw and NXT would kind of end this, this sort of thing where they would call somebody up and then just completely repackage him. But no, all, at, at least WWE like didn't insult the audience. Like at least they didn't pretend like we didn't know who he was. At least they had shame. Well, the you know him by another name, but we're gonna call yeah. him by his nickname. And his name. Why is do you now? Let me ask you something. Why do you think they do that? I have no earthly idea. I don't know either. I have none. I mean, they they own it, don't they? I would assume don't they. they yes. have, I'm, I, yeah, I'm not. I'm assuming that too. They own Pete Dunn. So what is the the problem with letting him keep the same name? He's in the same company. I mean, doesn't make a bit of sense to me. They did this. They did this with Piper Niven. They brought Piper Niven up over from NXT UK and named her Dewdrop for crying out loud. And now that's that's kind of hindering her. It doesn't matter how great her in work in ring work is. Nobody takes her. The casuals don't take her seriously because of her her damn name. And they. They basically tied a 70-pound weight around uh, her ability to get over, and now they're doing that with, with, with Pete Dunne. It's like you put him behind the eight ball. That's like when they brought up Karrion Cross and they gave him a damn gimp mask. I don't know what they're doing. You have an established guy who's over with the hardcore fans, the ones who watch NXT, and you're going to bring him up here. You're going to give him a stupid hat, and you're going to call him Butch. I, I, I don't know. Uh, Rock is saying that Pete Dunn owns his name, actually. Um, so okay. that might have something That's to do with it. But, I mean, he's using it in NXT. He just signed a new contract last year. Uh, so he owns his own name. Well, that's the reason, I guess. Maybe. Don't you think they would get something close to Pete Dunn? Like Cleet. Cleet. What about that Cleet? Cleet fine. That'd be good. It'd be close. At least it'd rhyme. Couldn't you just change the spelling? Couldn't you just add a double consonant in there? You love doing that in NXT with the Braun Breakers and the Nikita Lions of the world. Yeah. This... Well, I'd put the double T in Pete. It'd pete. Pete <laughs> done. That's what I'd do. And it'd be close. So, at least they'd be talking about him. Might he change his name? I, I just don't get it, man. I don't get why they do that. This. So, but, you know, but the finish, I didn't know that Biggie got hurt yeah but when they when they had the guy's own uh what's his partner's name now i even forgot his name what no biggie's front of what, what was it what is it they were beating him up yeah what is it <laughs> the new guy butch no was biggie's partner what was his Kofi, name Kofi oh. Kingston. Kofi Kingston. oh yeah well I, I couldn't think of it but i actually liked the finish <laughs> because he wasn't there and they I figured why well, couldn't he? I thought he was selling being hurt. 
which actually made sense until I found out that he really was hurt. Really was hurt, yeah. But actually, that made the finish actually better if you take away the fact that he hurt his neck. I yeah. thought. I, I was glad that Pete got involved in some way, shape, or form because that well, would you knew been, You knew he was. I, I hoped he would because that would have been the absolute trifecta would be to bring up a guy the caliber of Pete Dunn, give him a stupid new name, have him walk down to the ring, and then not do anything. That would have been the perfect way to introduce him onto the SmackDown roster. But looking at this as a whole, dumb name aside, I, I like this move a lot because SmackDown needs depth, and Pete Dunn is a very, very talented in-ring performer. Um. And honestly, I like the trio of Ridge and Sheamus and 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 Pete Dunn. It it all makes sense, and I think that could really work well as a good heel faction. This all makes sense to me. It's really really well done, with the exception of one damn thing that they felt they had to just change Pete Dunn's name, and that is going to be hard for a lot of the the hardcore fans and a lot of the um you know hardcore Pete Dunn fans to get over. So again, it's not doing him any favorites. It's putting him behind the eight ball, but looking at it as, as a whole, Pete Dunn's on SmackDown. That's a good thing. I like this trio with Sheamus and Ridge Holland. That's a good thing. How do you get past it? You, 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 no, you, yeah, you just have to get past it. Give it, give it two weeks, three weeks, and it'll be fading into the background. See this offensiveness you found that WWE did to you. It, it will fade. It will fade into the background, and you still won't like it any better. But it won't be on top of your head because it's just it's fresh right now because it it just happened like an hour ago. Yeah. So it, it's it's fresh on your mind, and so you want to you're like a wrestling fan. You want to bitch and moan, okay? <laughs> that's very because very that's what that's what they do. That's what football fans do. Is, Oh, how can they be so stupid in this? Because they're they're customers, they're fans, and they've earned their right to moan and groan about it. But then again, if they do something good with the guy, they'll forget about it. And then they'll be saying, damn, that was a great move they did. Like I said, I, I like the move in and of itself. It's going to be hard to get past... It's going to be hard to get past the name change. Uh, Christopher says Pete Dunn is a good name. It absolutely is. Uh, guys, get in uh, get in your comments. Get in your questions. Uh, if you want to ask Dutch literally anything, you want to guarantee it gets on, you can send us a super chat uh, as well. Uh, you can ask the Dutch anything like this one. Dutch, what is the worst ring name you were ever given? The worst ring name I was ever given? I was never given a ring name. You were always? I, no, I always made up. Whatever I used, I came up with. So what I was the one time that you worked, came up with? Well, it wasn't a bad name. I just it just didn't work. It was called Chris Gallagher. I was Chris Gallagher for about three months or whatever, but that never kind of clicked. It never even clicked with me. You know, it didn't click with the people. And then, uh, and I the the name Dutch Mantel. I uh, I was given I was given that name by Buddy Fuller, an old time promoter. And if you look up Dutch Mantel in Wikipedia or whatever, he was a real guy. He was from the Netherlands, and he was a shooter. And he's got, a, and he was a, he wasn't a big guy. He's like 160 pounds, but he'd take a guy 240 down and tie him up and just and beat him right on the spot. An interesting 
an interesting uh, read about the original Dutch Mantel. Of course, I've made people forget him by, by now. Because oh, yeah, history. absolutely. Yeah. But, I mean, well, for my histrionics that I've pulled out. So. And then Zeb, I was Uncle Zeb at first. Yeah, yeah. And then when I came back, I was Zeb Coulter. And I think that was taken from Ann Coulter, the, the Fox oh. woman. I think Road Dog gave me that name. But we I spell never, our names. I never even put two and two together on that one. I think Road Dog did that because he's pretty well politically oriented. And yeah. he fought in Desert Storm. And he's got some great stories about Desert Storm. They went out there and put him in the desert and he sat there for like four to five months. He just they didn't go anywhere. He just sat out in the desert. You know, go to a tent every night, go to the mess hall, and that's all he did. I said, did you ever see any action? He said, no. I just, I said, was it hot? He said, hot? <laughs> Hell yeah, it was hot. <laughs> but he's got, he's got some great stories about that. But I'm, I'm glad he didn't get killed. I'm, I'm glad he, I think this was during the uh, Kuwaiti war when I think Iraq invaded Kuwait. That's what he went over there for. So. And he just sat in the <laughs> desert for four months. That's all he did. He said, I'd like to tell some more stories that don't got none. He said, I can make a lot of them up. He said, I've heard a bunch. I said, no, nah, that's okay. Were you ever in war, Rick? Uh, no. No. Okay. No, I was not. You're, you're, you were actually too young for me. I'm way too young. Oh, God. I'm only 33. I'll be 34 next month. Oh, that was, oh, that was, that war was 50 years ago. Man, was it 50? Yeah, it was 50. Yeah. Because I was there. Way before my time. Well, but I had my to say about it. I'd have canceled you out before you got here. Ah. I'd, have, I'd have talked to your mom and daddy. I said, do you really want to carry through with this now? Do you want to have a little Ricky running around? Oh, trust me. I'm four years younger than my brother. That was totally an accident. Uh, <laughs> continue <laughs> to get uh, your comments in here, guys. Let's go back to the start of SmackDown tonight, which was one of the few good things that I what, enjoyed on the show. But did you like SmackDown? Look, I, I, I'll be honest. And I said this at the top of the show where you were having your technical difficulties. When when Big E kind of hurt, got hurt, it really kind of took me out of the show. Like it okay. just, it, it, it was, it was really hard to get kind of back into the program uh after that but there was there was a few things that i liked and, and we'll, we'll get into those because i like to stay on the on the positives i don't want to bitch about everything uh but i thought i thought brock's opening was, was great tonight he comes out there and he is all business doesn't do the little dance that he does didn't even do his you know hip gyration thing he does when the pyro goes off you could tell he was pissed after the madison square garden incident which is, you know, that was that angle that they filmed and they wanted it everywhere where the bloodline left him laying and they bloodied him up and lived up to their names and everything like that. And it's one of the most viewed videos in WWE history. Um, he comes out there, he's pissed off. He says he wants Roman's blood, blood for blood. And of course, Paul Heyman comes out there and says, well, of course, Roman Reigns isn't there tonight because that's all part of the plan. And then Brock was like, oh, cool. Well, then I'm going to murder you instead. And then you see Paul... <laughs> Paul Heyman scurry off and we had Brock throw around some security guards and overall I thought that was a really uh, a really good open to the show. No, that was a good opening. Hey, he put that one security guard. I thought he hurt him. The one that he pushed away, then he shoved him to the right. He yeah. Hit, whatever he hit, he hit pretty hard. 
Yeah, I'm not sure what that was. It was some kind of scaffolding or something like that. But yeah, he got he got slammed in there pretty good. He ate he ate it up. But that was good because now I think you'll see that Roman and uh, Lesnar at WrestleMania that'll be a violent match because they have to. Oh, that'll yeah. be more violent than what they just did, unless they add something to it. But I don't think they need to strip it at all. Just put them in the ring and let them go. Yeah, I, I this is this one's gonna get nuts, right? It's gonna get nuts. I I think I I, I like that they're making it even more personal now. Like it, it, even Brock tonight, like he took the WWE Championship, and he just chucked it to the commentary table. Like did did he hit somebody out there? I thought he threw it in the crowd. I thought I thought I saw it land on the commentary table, but I'm I'm not entirely sure. But he chucked it a pretty good distance, so maybe Pat McAfee caught it. I don't know. But, well, I saw Pat McAfee. I thought looking back, so I thought it kind of went over their head. Anyway, anyway, somebody got a, somebody got a great souvenir. If that's the case, if somebody if somebody chucked a championship belt into the crowd, I don't care how much I paid for front row seats. I'm grabbing that some bitch and I'm running. <laughs> I'm running. Oh, they would they would they would tackle you and just beat the hell out of me. I think it should be like a foul ball in baseball. You threw it to me. It landed in the field of play. I should. How much, how much does the baseball cost? Uh, I don't know. Ten bucks. 10, 10 bucks. bucks, probably something yeah. like that. That belt's about three thirty-five hundred at least. Ah, they got it lying around. Well, they do have the money, so it don't matter. <laughs> but it was different, and when Heyman come out there, and he took off after Heyman, they got they they got the show moving. So usually I hate SmackDown, but tonight I kind of enjoyed it because it was a maintenance show, but they did three brawls in it. That actually was pretty good. See, now I thought last week's SmackDown was the best one that they've had in quite some time. Did you enjoy last week's episode? Well, tell me what was on it. Hell, I've slept since then. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was that was the one where Ricochet won the Intercontinental Championship, which I kind of called, by the way, when he. Uh, oh, that was good. Yeah. And what what is that move he does? What's it called? When he hooks the feet and straight down. I'm Zane sure. took that. I thought he broke his neck. He, he tucked his so head quick. real quick on that one. Yeah, for sure. Ooh. That was good. That was really good. Yeah, and they had a good main event uh, tonight as well, which we'll get into. So uh, after uh, the Big E and, and, and Butch situation, then we had your favorite people come out tonight, Dutch. We had the Happy Time Gang. Uh, they j- Oh, boy. Oh, boy. They, they but, jumped- hey, but it wasn't bad. No, it wasn't. They jumped it's the Viking better. Raiders backstage. They take out the Viking Raiders. You added now. So Jim Hall Hall was, but was was it a six man? Were they leading into a six man? Yeah, so it was supposed to be a six no. man tag match tonight, and then so they all they all beat the Raiders up, left them. Yep, and then all of a sudden yep. it turned into a five on one affair or four on one. Yeah, excuse me, four on one affair. And I love the fact that they ganged up on Drew McIntyre and they had him beat down, and then McIntyre is able to just pop back up, take out three of the dudes. And then all of a sudden, it's just him and Corbin. I love the fact that they're keeping him and Corbin kind of separated from one another. I know this is a match that a lot of people aren't aren't thrilled about or don't think that this is a WrestleMania-worthy match, but they are trying here. Both of these guys, they had some nice exchanges on social media. These guys are trying their damnedest to make the audience care about this match. And they still got three weeks before WrestleMania to add just a little bit more of an edge on it. But I think it's pretty well 
it, it fit pretty well right now. If they just maybe add a little more edge, like I call it, I think they they have the people wanting to see it. Me personally, how many times have we seen it? Forty. Oh, McIntyre Corbin. I mean, they they've been involved. Uh, combination, yeah, a combination of. It's been going on for a while now. I think it's been pretty much going on since the dang draft, hasn't it? Since October at this point. We need Sid here. Sid's the one with an actual memory. Mine sucks. I think it's been going on since the pandemic started. That's what I think. (laughs) It seems like forever. For the next three weeks, I would like to see this evolve into where McIntyre is trying to get his hands on Corbin and he just can't. Like that That's the story to me. What is wrong with Moss? Does he have a death wish? Probably. He got suplexed. He got suplexed in well, the rampway. Yeah, he took the move. God, that's a, that's the that's the same. That's the same move the Big E got hurt on. Same that one. That one. Yeah, the belly to back suplex. Yeah. Well, that's a hard bump to take. Yeah. You're only going to take so you're going only going to take so many of those because that hip's going to go. But you try to tell them, and they don't believe you. So they get to about after 35, and they start, oh, my back hurts a little bit. Oh, really? I wonder why. You know, I was at, a, I was at an indie event. Uh, I was working an indie event one time. And uh, the, the guy that I wrestled in my, in my one match, Lynn Efron, uh, he took a choke slam to the outside, to the floor, where there was no padding for a show that he did not get paid for (laughs) for a show for a show that had about 35 people there. And the way that the, the building was set up, maybe 10 people saw him take that bump. And I will never forget the promoter in the back going, what in the fuck are you taking that bump for tonight? Oh my God! Save it. Well, Never take that for free. <laughs> well, that's what some guys do. They think they're going to get noticed, no matter how many people's there. Mm-hmm. And they fail to realize that the hell the bump may look great, but you're the one taking it, and you're the one hurting. The only two things real about wrestling are the miles and the bumps and the money. Well, you got another thing too. Yeah, but those bumps. You don't know when they're going to hit you. As evidence tonight with Big E, I don't know how he, how he just didn't get turned over, did he? He just got landed right yeah. straight down it, on his neck. Yeah, like I said, I'm the the replays out there. It's it's tough to watch, but yeah, he just didn't get fully turned over and ended up landing right on top of his head. You know, mm. dropped. Uh, if, you, if you're tuning in late, we do appreciate everybody who's tuning into the show. Uh, if you haven't seen the update from, from Big E himself, he did put out a video uh, saying that he feels all right. He can move his fingers. He's got you know everything. Uh, um, got got some strength in him, but uh, he said doctors did uh, tell him that he did break his neck. Uh, Xavier Woods tweeting out uh, about a half hour ago that he did go to see uh, Big E, says he's in uh, good spirits. Uh, so look that that's the other thing man Big E is is beloved the outpouring for him I mean and he looks so like positive in, in that video when he tweeted it out it's it's incredible for anybody to have kind of like almost like a smile low to him after he didn't something. get knocked out did he 
Uh, that it was hard because the camera panned away just so quickly afterwards. But you could tell by the so, look of the referee that something was wrong there. So how do they know he broke his neck? Did they take him to the hospital? Yeah. The place? Okay. Yeah. So. Wow. Hate that. Really hate that. So. <sighs> and like I said, that's that, it really kind of took me out of the show. Uh, after we had uh, McIntyre stand tall against the ambush, uh, we had a promo exchange between Charlotte and uh, and Ronda in the ring, which I'm sitting here and I'm watching this and I'm going, does this really advance this story at all? What, whatsoever? I think Ronda forgot hers. I, I really think she, she had pauses and like she was searching in her head what she's going to say next. I think she forgot some of it. I look. It, Promos are not her strength, and this is something that you know she's she's talked about before. She has a problem with you know public speaking and and this that and the other thing. But it's like Charlotte roasted her tonight on the on on the mic. Char again, Charlotte just it just brought the energy again tonight. When Ronda was talking, it was it was kind of like I'm talking right now, just very conversational. You gotta you know, and she she was talking fast too. It's like. I don't know, man. There was just something. Something's not clicking with her her mic work right now. Well, somebody they haven't trained her at all how to speak to a crowd, <clears throat> because when she started speaking, she started speaking in an ordinary voice. Yeah, exactly. people didn't hear her even with the mic. So, and she's if she if you say she has a problem with it, I agree, because and. But I think you're seeing two Rondas. You're seeing one Ronda coming down uh, the ramp. Yeah. Smiling and touching little babies and doing all this stuff. Then she gets in the ring. Then she tries to turn into the badass Ronda Rousey. I think she's having a, a, a moment of transition that she's not comfortable with. But people, people will live with that, too. Uh, Kishan King saying that uh, she doesn't want to be there. That I disagree with. If she didn't want to be there, she wouldn't be there. That's now, Chris. Now, Kristen, that's our job to say that. That's <laughs> you. How do you know? Do you call her up and ask her? I, 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 call look, her, I, I actually called her up. That. He's not the only one that said that. I'm a firm believer. She doesn't, she doesn't need this paycheck. She just had a baby four months ago. If she did, if she didn't want to be there, she would not be there right now, heading into WrestleMania. Uh, I, I just think there's there's something that's not clicking, and I, I don't know if it's she's trying to rush through her promos because she she doesn't want the audience to to boo her because she's had an issue with that in the past, but apparently that's been cleared up. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but something's not something is not clicking right now with with her on the microphone. I, it's it, it's just not. You come back to the yeah. end of the night and things got heated up a, a little bit better. Ronda Rousey when she's playing a heel. She was great. She was confident. She was a badass on the microphone. That was some of her best work. When it comes to being a babyface promo, I don't know, man. It's like she either doesn't want to do it or she doesn't know how to do it. It's it's one of the it's one give of the me two. give me the finish of Rhonda and Flair. Uh, yeah. So at the end of the show, uh, this was after the the main event. Uh, there was because uh, you remember the promo exchange. Rhonda challenged Charlotte to to come at her. And and Charlotte was in, you know, her her really nice outfit with the, the the heels and everything like that. And Charlotte just left the ring. So I was like, okay, that really didn't go anywhere. It didn't really progress the storyline. And then they close out the show, kind of rehashing what they did ahead of WrestleMania 35, 
in which you had Becky or well, Becky was involved at the time before WrestleMania 35, but you had Charlotte and Rhonda backstage and they started brawling and they started brawling on top of a car. Good way to close the show, but it kind of maybe like an homage to what they did in 30 right before 35, but it was pretty much the exact same angle that they did, except they weren't getting arrested this time around. Well, she hooked, she hooked the chin and she pulled her back and she was almost like a U. Her legs were up under her. Yeah. It's pretty, actually pretty good. I yeah, no, like, like I said, I, th- I thought the brawl was fine. Uh, you know, again, it's, it's like, I'm, it's one of those, it's like Sid would say, I've seen it before. You know, they, they did kind of that exact same angle at, at 35, but as you told me before we went on the air, we're supposed to get all, forget all that stuff by uh, the next year. Right. That's yeah, that, you, you remember something three years ago, you know, the fan turnover from, have you ever heard that the fans turn over every three to four years? Uh, you fan? No. you've heard that, right? I have not actually. No, really? Okay. I mean, you know, we have, we have, that same, we have that same thing in radio. It's like, you're, 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 you're announcing to a new audience every 15 minutes in radio. That's what it is. So every 15 minutes, yep. the, 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 the audience changes. So whatever I read at 630 in the morning on 700 WLW, I am speaking to an entirely different audience by the time I read the 730. Oh, so, yeah, you, you are. Yeah. Especially in the mornings. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Don't you think? Okay. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I just, yeah. I just, I just made that up so I would sound knowledgeable. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> I bought into that for a half second there. But... Oh, yeah. Well, okay, how many how many matches did they have tonight on SmackDown? Oh, now you're gonna make me count. Uh, let's three? see. Was it three? Uh, we had the the tag team match right where Biggie uh, unfortunately yeah. got hurt. The McIntyre was a no match. Uh, then no we match. had. You want to talk about hoping the audience forgets something here, Dutch? We had the women's tag team match tonight, which was oh, very which was very quick. It wasn't bad. It was just quick. I do like the team of Naomi and, and Sasha. I think they work really, really well together. But explain to me why Shayna Baszler and Natalia are all of a sudden tagging when they spent the better part of 2021 as tag team rivals going up against one another in separate teams. It was Natalia and Tamina against Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler for much of 2021. And then we got no explanation whatsoever for why they were teaming and then they lost. So it doesn't really matter. Cause I was thinking, sitting here thinking, Oh, they're going to somehow win this dang match. And then they're going to get added to this women's uh, tag team title match at WrestleMania and make it a fatal four way, but they didn't. So it makes no sense at all. And I can't, you know, I know people forget, but you know, the one thing about fans is if you got to explain things to them or may make it at least seem, have a reason to do something. So if they're going to team up, somebody gets hurt that's not there and have Natalie go to tour and ask her, hey, I know you don't must be my partner now. Okay. Thank you. That's so all. She, she that's just, all she just agrees. It needs a 15 seconds maintenance interview. It's all it needs. So now your, your commentators can go back to that and they can say, why are they together? Because, you know, the fans are saying the same thing you said. They fought each other, they hated each other, and now they're teaming up. I don't get it. Give me give me just because we saw Natalia last week. She was watching the monitor during the, the one-on-one matchup. 
that happened last week between Carmella and and Naomi. And so it, they they were obviously foreshadowing to the fact that Natalia wants to get her WrestleMania spot. She wants to find a way to get in on this tag team title match. And then we mm-hmm. saw this past Monday that they threw Rhea and, and Liv Morgan together randomly, and they already earned their way in. So, yeah, just kind of cutting a 15-second promo is like, look, I don't like you. You don't like me. Neither one of us is but on WrestleMania right now. Neither one of us can even get on yeah. SmackDown right now. Let's yeah, let's make the show. common goal. Let's work together and go. It was nice to see Shayna Baszler on the show tonight because we haven't seen a whole lot of her uh, recently. But, yeah, it, again, this just doesn't make sense. It's like they take – all it would take is the most simplest little thing, and it seems like they constantly overlook that. It's either like they don't care or they don't think we don't care. I, I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. But either way, the you know things get lost in the shuffle. And this I, will, I will go with your last thought. They think that it doesn't make a difference. And by and large, it doesn't. But it, it's a little thing that ticked wrestling fans off. And you don't want them pissed off because it's the little things that make that make your show. I mean, it's not going to kill it, but it doesn't help it at all. And that by there is a prime example of what you brought up. Why are these two together? They hated each other last year, and we never saw them get together. And all of a sudden, they're they're in there. I mean, but, they did, but, but the announcers could have kind of told that story, but they didn't. Let's talk about the. Uh, let's talk about two matches part of the night uh, when it ended. <laughs> That's for that, sure. That that is so cold. These Here's guys are busting their butts for your entertainment, and you're glad it's over. See how you are. I don't think there is one singular person that has been more valuable to SmackDown over the last year than Pat McAfee. Oh, yeah, he's done a great job. Pat McAfee is great at every single thing that he does. You want to talk about doing all of the little things right. Pat McAfee does it. He just gets it. He has taken to the wrestling industry like a duck to water. And the ass beating that he laid down on on Austin Theory tonight, Austin Theory came out to the exact same thing he did last week. He smacked him across the face, knocked the headsets over, and McAfee wasn't going to take that this time. And he literally just gets on top of the desk, jumps down, and beats the living hell out out of Austin Theory. And that was great. But afterwards, it was the facial expressions. It was the mm-hmm. facial expressions and the emotion that he showed and the confidence that he just oozed. Like he had this look on his face, like, come on, you little bitch, let's go. <laughs> and it was incredible. And he, he, he sells it. Yes. He sells his emotions and you get it. You know, a lot of guys do that, but their face is not telling the story. He told the story. And what I liked about it is they took him off the show. He didn't go out there anymore. Yeah. And I like they sent some people to separate him which they should do more of. Don't expect these wrestlers just to separate on their own, but they sent a couple of agents out there and uh, maybe a ref or two, and they pulled them apart, which is what what had probably happened. And that was a staple of of older wrestling. You know, you can't expect these guys to get in the ring and be looking at each other and not fighting because their business is fighting. So you got to put a you got to put a barrier up there, and you got to put somebody to pull them apart. But I, I liked it, which added a air of uh, 
truthfulness to it, like legitimacy. And if you didn't know, and let's say somebody's never seen wrestling before and they saw that, I think they'd believe that almost. Oh, for sure. And, 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 Pat, said, and, and look, the reason why Pat McAfee is on this card, one, he's good. He, he is good in the ring. But two, Pat McAfee is blown up, right? His, his podcast has exploded. The, he was everywhere with the interview with Brock Lesnar. He was everywhere at the interview with Vincent Mann. He was at Radio Row at, at, during the Super Bowl. I mean, this guy is, is everywhere right now. And when Pat McAfee is getting physical on Friday Night SmackDown, that's going to end up everywhere. That's going to be on his show. They're going to talk about it. It's going to be all over the place. But he's going to deliver. And they, I believe wholeheartedly that by the time WrestleMania rolls around, this is going to be one of the matches that people are going to be most interested in watching. I think this. Well, this did, one, did you hear those fans when he got him down? I mean, they pop in a lot of sound. Sure. But I think this this sound here was legitimate because it sounded a little different than what they were pumping in. I have they were been, buying it. They were buying into it. I have been to two events uh, with Pat McAfee at them, and he. Um, at, at the beginning of the show, they'll introduce the announcers and they'll walk down to the to the ring instead of their desk like they always do before they go on air, right? All of a sudden, man, when Pat McAfee comes down to Seven Nation Army, crowd loses their damn mind. They love this guy. I have never seen an announcer, except for maybe Jim Ross, get the kind of reactions that Pat McAfee does at a live event. And that's saying something considering he's been doing it for what, a, a year? A, not even. He started after WrestleMania last year. Yeah, he hadn't even been doing it a full year. But he's good. He's very good. He makes it make sense. And he's got some good... I don't know how much they feed him. I don't think they feed him that much. I think because his original thoughts in his head are better than what they could feed him. Oh, for sure. Hands down. So, and he he does a great job. And I think very that quick. match he's right there quick. will... Might, it won't steal WrestleMania, but I think it'll be a memorable moment. Oh, for sure. In WrestleMania history. I think this one, uh, as far as the feuds on SmackDown, because obviously, you know, Brock and, and Roman are uh, the creme de la creme right now. Uh, I think this feud has got one of the best builds going after the first two weeks here. And I think, honestly, Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn has got, I mean, the whole thing that they did with Sami's phone number Getting that up on TMZ, Johnny Knoxville putting Sammy's phone number up on the plane and him getting 11,000 texts. I'm like, this is just good shit. Like, as Vince would so, say. So, after the night, they'll release another number. So, what, what do you think the number they will release? Oh, like how many messages that he's 100, got? 100,000. 100, oh, I don't know. I know McAfee was like saying we got to get it to twenty thousand by the end of the night, but I'm I'm not sure exactly. Oh, I, what. Bet, I bet it's well, you know, if they got two million people watching, they're gonna be at least a hundred thousand. I'm just gonna call a number just to see, just to see what it says. Yeah, you're not wrong. So, and and this is the way you know we talk about metrics and all those things. That's one thing they tell how strong that TV is. Of course, they can tell it by ratings. But, you know, somebody's not making any money dialing a number. They're doing it of their own accord. Mm -hmm. They're not making any money on it. But just see what those numbers are. 
and that's good for advertisers too because now they can show them they had got a great number they can just show the advertisers this is what we did and for those who are wondering what what one announcement and for those and for one and for uh those uh who are wondering why johnny knoxville is at wrestlemania this is why because johnny knoxville is all over tmz and it's going to get the main. Absolutely. Thing. It's going to get people talking that's, about many in Dallas. That's why he's there. That's why. And that's why, like WCW, they never had any kind of numbers like WWE had. And it took WWE years to learn this, how to do this. But now they've learned. And now you're seeing them. Uh, they're like a maestro conducting an orchestra. Because they get all these hits here and all this hits here and all those. And it's good. And you know, did you, you see? Did you did? What did you hear about the the match with Brock and Roman from Madison Square Garden? What do you mean? What did I hear about it? What What happened there? I did mean, Cody, was, did Cody Rhodes show up there? No, no. As far as okay. we know, Cody hasn't signed a, a contract at all. Okay. Brock, Brock's match was a two minute squash over Austin Theory, and then okay. Roman and everybody came down and 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 beat them up. Uh, to to your point, Dutch, when you when you look at like these uh, celebrity matches, more often than not, those end up being the ones that that stick with you, that you mm-hmm. remember. Like, I, I think back to WCW matches. You brought up WCW matches. I the the first three that come up top of my head are Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio, yeah, Goldberg, DDP, Goldberg, yep. Kevin Nash for the obviously for the for the cattle prod. But one of the first ones that comes up. Off the top of my head is that tag team match at Bash at the Beach between Hogan and Rodman and DDP and Carl Malone. And mm-hmm. I was maybe 10 years old at the time. I don't remember if that was a good match. I don't remember much about, but I remember the match. I remember it happening. I remember the build up to it because you had these major basketball stars coming off of the 1998 NBA Finals. And I just remember as a kid, as a growing up as a Chicago Bulls fan, growing up as a Michael Jordan fan, like every other kid did. I was in Cincinnati. We didn't have an NBA team. I ate that shit up. <laughs> and there are casuals out there who will eat this, shit. Who eat, who eat this kind of shit up. You know what I'm saying? So, so you loved it. Oh, yeah. I, as a, as a 10, it. 11 year old, I loved it. Loved every second of it. And I still remember it. And, it and I'm much older than you. I, I was interested in it. I said, man, this is a big, this is a big deal. Get those they're worldwide, they're they're known worldwide. So I just wanna I wanted to see what they what they would do. And they did well, I heard. I didn't see the match. But I think they did well. And they'll keep they kept it short and they kept it simple. And they got in and they got out. The, Nobody got hurt. But it was something to come see. Did you see the and last dance, the the documentary about Michael Jordan when that came out on ESPN? Did you watch any of that? I may have watched some of it, but what was the last thing he said? Uh, the well, it was I think it was episode three or episode four. They really kind of focused in on Dennis Rodman and what yep. he was doing there during that '98 season, and like he skipped out on a Bulls practice to go show up at at Monday Night Nitro for like to do that yep. thing. Like he didn't tell the team like what he was doing. Or any of that that like when that all of that was going down, it was absolutely insane to me. That was one of the. I'm so glad they covered that 
Like, I'm so glad they covered that in the episode. It was definitely the best part of that uh, that entire uh, documentary. Uh, we did have a main event tonight. Uh, Ricochet retaining his Intercontinental Championship over Sami Zayn. I was really happy when they put the title on Ricochet last week. Uh, one, mm -hmm. he, he deserves it. He has been lying in the weeds or sitting back and catering for far too long. It's nice to see that he's getting a little bit of a push. Um, and plus, Knoxville and Zayn does not need the Intercontinental Championship. But now I'm slightly concerned, Dutch, because I'm looking at the landscape of, of Friday Night SmackDown. He does not have an opponent. There's nobody on SmackDown that is there that's ready to go for an Intercontinental title shot three weeks out from WrestleMania. So now I'm concerned that the Intercontinental title is not going to be on WrestleMania, which is would have made it a full calendar year that that title has not been defended on a pay-per-view. I don't know. So you... Are you saying that they don't have time to get somebody ready or there is nobody? What I'm saying, what I'm telling you is, is there is nobody, um, especially if they were going to do now. They may have to change course completely with Biggie's injury. That might open up some people, but like looking at the SmackDown roster, I'll pull it up here real quick. I mean, you got Los Lotharios who aren't doing anything. The Viking Raiders who aren't doing it so that you got tag teams here. Kofi and Woods. I mean, Mustafa Ali requested his release. He's not coming back. You got Mansoor. Who requested the release? Uh, Mustafa Ali. Oh, okay. You got Mansoor and I guess Jinder Mahal. Yep. That that those those are your options. Those are your options for WrestleMania for for Ricochet for an well, Jinder Jinder Mahal. He doesn't fit it at all. That's not his style anyway. I'd like to see them use Monsoor, but oh, Steven saying Mad Cat Moss isn't on the card. Yeah, I guess they could put Mad Cat Moss in an Intercontinental title match. I guess. Who said, who said that? Steven again? <laughs> <laughs> Steven, suggestions like that will not uh, get you uh, brought up on the main screen uh, very often anymore. Well, well I kind of like it. Now, this, this is a good suggestion. Bring up LA Knight to go against Ricochet Mania. That I agree with LA Knight is a guy that I don't know what he's doing at NXT anymore. I just don't. He's put over Grayson Waller. That's great. That guy needs to be on the main roster. He can go. He's over. He can cut a promo. He's 39. What the hell are you waiting for? Bring him up to the main roster and let's go. Let's heat him up. I mean, he's you're going to be he's 39 years old. Yeah. I didn't know he was that old either. I've heard I've heard him do a couple of promos. He's great. He's awesome. Get him in, let him run his mouth. He'll get himself over. Yes. Him give him a match. Just I mean, put him like, in there. three months ago he was feuding with uh, uh with Cameron Grimes in NXT and he was hated. <laughs> All of a sudden, boom, he's the hottest star in NXT. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would do that move in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, I bring up LA Knight. We know Braun Breaker is being fast tracked for the main roster over on Raw. I'd bring up LA Knight. In but a this is what, okay, when you say that, that's almost like the kiss of death. He's being fast tracked to make it. How many times have you seen him fast track to get a guy over there? And then he gets over there and he just sits, sits there and does nothing. He either does nothing or they do the tweak, they do the tweak game. Well, they change up his gear. They change up his music. They they give just him because they're going over there doesn't mean they're gonna, yeah doesn't mean they're going to be a success. They could get over there and just bomb like an egg, boom, just flatten out. 
But if you you got to do the right thing with them. Oh, for sure. So, Bron Breaker, I hate the name. I, I, I Bron, I would call him Bron before I call him Bron. But I think he he could be a star there. He he wears the singlet. He's got sirens in his damn uh, entrance music, and he barks. Why aren't we just letting him be Rex Steiner? I I don't understand why they're not doing yeah, this. Right, just let him do. That's the bloodline. Yes. Let him go and let him go and do the stuff. I mean, because that would... what's old, what's old is new again. Thank you, Jason. It's a whole, it's a whole generation of people who's never seen the spiders. So now they're going to see him. They're going to like him. I think. Look, I, I like the crossovers that they've been doing on Monday Night Raw uh, with with even a guy like Tommaso Ciampa, who's been in NXT for a while. Uh, but, you know, the casuals, the, the mainstream, the main roster audience may not know who he is. I like the crossovers that they've been doing because it kind of gives the NXT talent a cup of coffee, kind of like, you know, a minor league minor leaguer in baseball getting called up for a spot start or something like that. Get a chance to show the stuff. Look, Braun Breaker had a great debut on Monday Night Raw, but he didn't get a whole, a big reaction because nobody really knew who he he's still green too. He's still new. He's only been wrestling for like six, seven months. But yep. he's been doing fantastic. Every once in a while he'll he'll let that greenness show, but you know, that that happens when you're that new into the business. But he's obviously it's it's in his blood, it's in his genes. The fans know who the Steiners are. There are reports that the Steiners are going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame this year as long as Scott signs off on it. Bring him up to the main roster. You want to do a name change? Let's not change Pete Dunn to Butch. Let's change Braun Breaker to Rex Steiner. That's a name change. Yeah, be. That makes sense. Yep. Hey, anyway. you, got the you got the name recognition to start off with. And his name is Steiner. So what, do you, what else do you need? So now the older people tell their kids or their grandkids or whatever, hey, this guy's daddy or this guy's uncle, they were a kick-ass son of a gun. And the guys, he's almost uh, anointed just by the, the royalty he came from, yeah. the wrestling heritage he came from. I don't know what they're thinking, to say the truth. They take the longest way around a simple problem. Who... All right, so what was uh what what was the better way to go? Uh, doing Randy Orton and Charlotte Flair, or doing Michael McGillicuddy? Like which which ended up working out better? Obviously, yep. people gravitate towards Charlotte Flair, Randy Orton. He could be the next Randy Orton. I'm not saying he right. is Randy Orton. That's two completely different styles, two completely different sets. But I'm talking about second generation superstar, yep. third generation superstar that the fans gravitate towards that they know is buried deep they got roots in the business mm -hmm. well that's, the shortest, earlier, that that's the shortest shortest distance between two points and it, it, it will garner bigger rewards than that bron breaker stuff that's even kind of hard to say anyway it is actually it is i i i, I struggle to get over with that one uh so we'll see what ends up happening with ricochet again i hope that the uh, intercontinental title uh, is defended on the paper. I'd say give it to uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, but hey, Rick Boogs earned uh, them a tag team title shot by winning a singles match tonight. Mm -hmm. We want to talk about things that 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 make sense. Uh, so it'll be the Usos versus uh, Boogs and Nakamura for the SmackDown tag team titles at WrestleMania. Let's move on to uh, Rampage tonight. 
open up the show with Darby Allen and Mark Quinn. This was a fun match. That 450 splash that Quinn hit off of the top turnbuckle oh. down onto the floor. That was spectacular. What's, what's that kid's name? Mark Quinn. Oh, wow. He's Man. good. He's he saw, really I saw good. That, that's, that was a, a 360 off the top. 450. Or one, one and a half, 450, one and a half. Okay. Man. That's insane. And then the, the good closing. Way to, good way to take those knees out, too, <laughs> even with pads. I hope he got paid for that bump. Uh, and then you get the shooting star press that was countered in the Fujiwara armbar, which was fantastic timing on, on Darby's part. I love okay, this I've been, I, Yeah. I've been studying that Darby Allen. I like the way he looks at people because you don't know his intent, but he's. I like what they're doing with him because he's highly leery of people that other than Sting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he trusts Sting, but he doesn't trust anybody else, even though they could be bona fide baby faces, he doesn't trust them, which yeah. I think is a good way to go with that kid. Darby, so. what I, when I talk about how McAfee, you know, he's sold with his facial expressions, Darby doesn't necessarily sell his facial expressions. He sells with his eyes. Yeah, that's where he tells he, he he tells it with his eyes. Edge is great at doing both. Edge will do like the facial expression and the eyes. But Darby, he's got this way of just putting this stoic look on his face. And then you can tell whether or not he trusts you, whether or not he's pissed off, whether or not he's weary of you just by looking at his eyes. It's it's it's, and, it's and rare good, body, good body language, too. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So the match was really fun. And then. We get AFO coming down to try and ambush Sting and Darby. And then, of course, we hear that classic Hardy Boys music. Matt and Jeff come down. Roof blows off the joint. And yeah, and that's where I got my idea about Darby because he was looking at the, the Hardy Boys mm-hmm. like he doesn't trust them. So, I mean, it made an effect on me, and I think that's something they could amplify. And I think it'll work for him because he didn't talk, does he? Not a whole lot. Okay. But I kind of like to get, even though he weighs 160 pounds, he's very talented. 160 pounds soaking wet. I, I like this right now because I agree with you there. Darby doesn't trust them. They right now, they're not friends. They just have a common enemy at the moment. And right. and I, and I think if you looked at uh, the way rampage sh- or not rampage uh, dynamite this week shook out where they, they, they had them, Jeff made his debut, and then they had all four of them in the ring. That was the foreshadowing. Eventually, it's going to be the Hardy Boys versus Darby and Sting. Somewhere mm-hmm. down the road, that match is going to happen, and I think you're going to keep seeing little subtle teases like that, and that's where AEW does a really good job, is they're going to show you a little bit of what's coming, and then they deliver on it way the heck down the road. They they did that with Wardlow and MJF, and they're going to do it with these guys. But, so they're going to take but, on but, AFO at the moment, but eventually they're gonna they're gonna fight each other, I think. He has patience. And that's what you don't see in WWE. They have no patience. None. They will rush into something, makes half ass sense. But AEW, I will say that if you just study what they're doing, pay attention to it, you'll see those little signs that the guy may just absolutely know what he's doing. He makes mistakes like everybody else. Sure he does. Yeah, but if you look at the show, the show is pretty good. So, 
they they've been as far as rampage every now and again just because it's the way that it's constructed and it just goes by so quick those those shows can sometimes be hit or miss but they have been on an absolute heater with their dynamites and then the revolutions and everything seems like a big show and everything seems to be like you get like three new in- introductions like every single week like this this roster just keeps getting bigger and bigger this week alone they added Jeff Hardy and they added William Regal like oh yep. and Thor Strickland by the way uh who made his debut we'll we'll talk about that tonight but it's like in one week you add Jeff Hardy and William Regal and you got a roster full of young talent i mean that is a a treasure trove of wrestling knowledge that you're adding to that locker room Absolutely. And who surprised me more than anybody of AEW roster was Eddie Kingston. Because I knew him before and I knew he could talk. But when he starts talking, you believe him. I think he does an interview. You can tell him to say certain things. I think he's going to say what he wants to say because that's how he gets over. And I think the people that, if they know his background, you know, he, he didn't come from the greatest upbringing, you know, and he had a tough time. But when he tells that story, you believe him, which adds to his, not only his mystique, but, you know, you, you kind of like the guy. And he's a, he had to be tough growing up. So, I mean, when he, when he talks real life stuff, people listen. And this is where AEW also really strives because they, they let their talent be themselves. They're not, and which, which I'm glad they're doing because I used to get so frustrated when I was in WWE, have some 25 year old script writer that couldn't write a friggin' postcard. <laughs> Come up and said, well, this is your interview. And I said, well, who, 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 who approved this? Well, Vince, and I'm thinking, no, Vince didn't approve this. <laughs> you know, and, you could go in there and you could fight it. I would just change what I wanted to change, basically. And you know, when I can't remember names, when I would come out, you know what I'd say? Oh, I forgot. Then they say, okay, he forgot. And Vince said, well, whatever. <laughs> they wanted me to sound really stupid, like talking about the Constitution. I'm supposed to be a, a political like know everything about the political system and the constitution, but they had something written down one day that made absolutely no sense. And I said, that's not right. Well, yeah, but, uh, you know, the people won't know. I said, yeah, but I know. I said, Zeb Coulter would know this stuff and he wouldn't say that. Right. They said, well, Vince Fox. And I said, well, let's go see him. Well, you know, what do you want to change? Cause they didn't clear it with Vince. That's what they did. And Vince, half the time he's reading all that stuff. You know, I, after a while, it just it goes into darkness. You can't make heads or tails of it. Sometimes he just says, "Let's go, let's go with it." It's crazy. So I don't know did, how the I don't know how the company does it. So, did you ever get? Uh, was there any one particular time that you just got absolutely reamed out for something that you may have changed? Never. Really. This is what this was my situation or my experience with them. I was over with Vince because of the years of history. He didn't, I didn't meet him to the 90s, but he always knew that I started back when he started, basically. 
and he'd read my name all through the years. And, and when I got there, it was just like, well, he's an old timer. So, and no, he never ringed me out. Never. He was always very nice and very professional with me. Always. And I, I thank him for that. Because one good reaming out, I'd have walked out the door. I, I didn't come there to get cussed out. I, I, I'd stay home and get that shit. <laughs> you saw Mercedes Martinez and Jamie Hayter uh, on the show. And I thought this was a really good match right up until, of course, it's somebody involving Britt Baker's group. So we knew we were going to get outside interference. Yeah. That uh, oh, Jamie Hayter, she's a pretty big girl. How big is she? How much you weigh you think? I, I, I don't know. She got some big legs. It's not a bad they thing. It. No, it's not. You know, I, they uh, they had a good match. Yeah, and of course. They really they, did. Here's the thing: like every every Britt Baker, every Rebel, every Jamie Hater match, almost without fail. There is some kind of outside interference or shenanigans that happens in it. Very rarely do any one of those three, if they're in a match, is there some kind of a clean, 100% clean finish. Well, they're heels for one thing. I get that. So sometimes you have to give the babyface a reason to lose. But what's wrong with him getting hurt, tweaking a knee, tweaking an egg, their arms out, and then you take advantage of that? I mean, they get beat, but, you know, they actually kind of beat themselves. But then the heels really go to work on it. And then after the match is over, they go back and work on it some more. That makes them heels. Sure. Because they don't respect fair play and, you know, sportsmanship because they can beat somebody. And then when they got somebody beaten down, that's what makes them heels when they take advantage of a, a, a defenseless victim. But I don't know. What I mean, do I know? I've only been around it for 50 years. I don't know. I'm just sitting here and I'm thinking, like, if you're if you're looking at this from a storyline standpoint, you know, from a, an authoritative standpoint, after a year of talent getting cheated out of matches left and right, you'd think, like, at a certain point, you'd just go, all right, y'all ain't allowed at ringside anymore. Like, get the hell out. Like, Or the referees would, would know to toss them almost immediately. That's the other thing. These these The refs never, like, toss anybody. Nope. Ever. It's one of those weird things. That the, and they get easily distracted. I think the, the refereeing in AEW is one of the things that drives me nuts the most. Was that was this match tonight with uh, with Jamie Hayter? What's her name? Hayter? Yeah, Jamie Hayter. Jamie Hayter. Man, that referee could have thrown three three people out at different times and it would have got over like a son of a bitch. You, you're out of here. Oh, my God. Then go again. Oops, you, you're out of here. And then do the third one, and then I'll have them run back in. That would make more sense, wouldn't it? That the girl be getting her ass kicked, and they just all come back and they've already been thrown out. What difference does it make? Right. That's what I'd have done. Or you could just have Jamie Hader beat Mercedes Martinez. And then come back in and take advantage of it because you're mad at the referee, so you take it out on her. Yeah, and I then did. have Jamie, and then, then, have, have, then I would have Tony Khan run in the ring, and they push slam him out into the first row. That's fucking good TV, because <laughs> you don't expect that. I would love excuse, that. Excuse my language. Oh, that's all right. We're it's twelve sixteen uh, on the East Coast, Dutch. It's officially oh, okay. Okay. 
Reminder, everybody, uh, turn your clocks back. uh, Okay. I do. I I have a problem tonight with Keith Lee. Yeah, I was just about to get there. It it, it was okay. And he was putting this match. He beat the guy. Right. Then that Dezo Soto, what's that guy's name, came in there? What's his name? Oh, one of the one of QT's boys. Yeah, I... uh, he came in there, and that was okay. But then they had uh, the other two come in there, and they they left him laying. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, you're trying to get Bruce Lee over, and he's bigger than everybody else. To leave him laying like that is not a way to get him over. I don't think. I don't think you should have ever got him down. Um, I don't he, think I don't, he can't be putting him over like a thumb is and all of a sudden the next week he's laid out like this. He's 400 pounds. I understand. I don't think that was about getting Keith Lee over. Cause I think Keith Lee's already over. Um, I, you got, no, I'm not when, saying when you're looking no, at, when, he, I understand. Hang on, hang on. When, when you're looking at the AEW audience, right? You, you, you have to look at them as, as a smarter audience because they're more of the hardcore fans. They know who Keith Lee is. He was over the second he walked into AEW. Tonight was about putting powerhouse Hobbs over with that. You still do it. Hmm? I would have left more intrigue to it. what I would have done. And it's six to one, half dozen of the other. So I wouldn't have left him laying. Nothing else that I had damn Hobbs going there and then they just do the stare down and let the face tell the story. Now you don't, he don't have anything to come back, but you know that Hobbs wants it. Oh, for sure. Sometimes that's all you got. That's all you got to. That's all you need to know. Then you save that beat down to the next week, so you draw a week out of it. So you didn't show any weaknesses on Keith Lee's part. So that's what I, I'm saying. I read. What, I, what, I, was that, what was that last comment? He said, "Can't wait for Keith Lee versus Powerhouse Hobbs," which is obviously what, okay. they're, what they're building to. That's what it's supposed to be. Right. But I think there's a way to get there without you know hurting either one of them. Tonight, uh, I think maybe Keith was, he was just down and out. He was, but he did just go through an entire match and he did get attacked by four different people. And Powerhouse Hobbs is a beast. So, yeah. And Keith Lee's not used to taking a spine buster. So, you know, those kind of moves would have kind of a high impact. So maybe it was a combination of tired and I'm rambling here, but uh, it, it, it makes sense to me. I, I didn't mind it. Oh, God. Okay. Anyway. No, I but I, like, I like, I like that I liked it too. But I, I would have left the intrigue between them, and let this finish stay to next week or the week after. Um, What's their next pay per view? Uh, that would be Double or Nothing in May. So they got they okay. got some time. They got some time okay. to build up to that. Uh, this this match with uh, QT Marshall was good. Lee got all of his you know his big boy offense in. The thing that I thought was interesting is QT got more offense in on Keith Lee than he did on Hook at Revolution over the weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. But either way, uh, this was a fun match. QT does a, a really good job of playing a dude that you want to see get his ass kicked. Uh, he does a good job of selling, so this was uh, this was a fun match. But uh, the main event, I thought, was the match of the night between Swerve Strickland and Tony Nice. I love the little callbacks there. They're matches that they used to have on 205 Live when they were both in WWE. Uh, Swerve Strickland Dutch. This was one of the guys that was with uh, Hit Row when they were let go. You didn't really get a chance to see him perform on SmackDown. You saw him tonight. What did you think of him? Very good. Very good. And Nice, I've, I've seen him before. No, they were they were good together. 
Now they need a story. But that story out there, and, you know, a guy can actually be a crappy worker if he's got a good story. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Handsome Jimmy Valiant. He <laughs> couldn't wrestle his way out of a paper bag, but the people loved him. He was he, he would sing and dance his way to the ring. I was helping him in Memphis one time. He said, hey, brother, how long do I got to go? I said, well, it'll take you five minutes to get in the ring, okay? And it'll take you five minutes to get back because the people like that. Uh, about three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and he went in there, yeah, I had to and stopped his foot. And he went around. People going nuts. And he never even took a hold. But they loved Handsome Jimmy because he made them feel good. There was no saying one time, people may not remember what you say or what you do, but they will remember how you made them feel. Sure. And when you come Handsome Jimmy, they're up and stopping. Now it's time to have a good time. And it was easy to get heat on Jimmy because the people liked him. The more the people like somebody, the easier it is to get the heel hot. Because now they want to see that baby face come back and kick his ass. Because it's almost like if they really like a baby face and the heels get him down, he's almost like he's attacked a member of your family. Man. And that's what you're looking for. Of course, every match can't be that way. But a lot of heels are not that way either. You know, you do have heels that don't want to be heels. They don't want to be booed. I actually loved it, to tell you the truth. But my, I mean, look, I was always told as long as you're getting a reaction, that's all that matters. Doesn't matter if they're cheering, doesn't matter if they're booing. The the, the well, death is, is silence, is apathy. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's according to the reaction you're getting. I'm going in and out in those Puerto Rico uh, rings. God, there's people trying to kill me. They're throwing bottles and ducking and dodging and hiding behind cops and the cops are I was holding them, and they were saying, turn me loose. Don't put me in front of you. And they were all barking this stuff. Oh, it's crazy. And I went through that first time for about, nine, uh, about six, seven months. It was nuts. I never will forget that. But when you get out of the ring, you are good that you survived. So. Uh, John Castro said, time can't be about WWE time. What's that for? What's that? Uh, for? You were talking about putting a story on Tony Nice and 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 Swerve Strickland. No, no. Oh, I agree with what he said. No, it's not a. It's a personal story. It's not a story about WWE. You don't even want to bring them up. It's well, almost they, like they their, their time with WWE. Well, sometimes they, they they kind of do that if they don't beat it up. But there's not much of a story that's going to make you like a babyface. You're talking about WWE. If he was so good, why'd they get rid of him? Why did he quit? Why I, is he here? Right. I, I liked the inclusion of it tonight um, because it, it gave you a starting off point for this rivalry. What because, did they say about it? They well, met each well, other in WWE? Well, no, they were just talking about, you know, I'll kick your ass like I used to on Friday nights, which was a, a, a reference to when they used to wrestle on 205 Live. They had their okay. match on 205 Live and a series of, of, of matches on there as well. So, uh, when they were on the cruiserweight show in WWE, that's all they did. That's all they had to say was drop that one little line that said, yeah, it tells any of the fans that are in the know, they already know they were in WWE. We have a history with one another. It was on this program. All right. Now I'm going to go out here in this new company on this brand new stage. And I'm going to kick your ass like I did on the, on Friday nights back in the old day. 
Uh, I, I, I never see the finish from the last match. So what did they do on that match? Uh, well, uh, Shane Strickland, uh, got the win, uh, over, um, over Tony Nice. There, there was a spot. It, it, it went a little too long for me because there was a really cool spot where like swerve did this like double roll through and then did like a jumping flatliner on him. And I'm like, Oh, that was a fucking awesome finish. And then Nice kicked out too. And I'm like, what the? why i i don't get and then there was like uh, i forget exactly there was a couple other moves and then swerve went up to the top rope and, and hit kind of like a uh, coup de gras looking thing I, i'm not sure what it was but uh and he got the pinfall there i thought it went like a minute too long see the agents in wwe they're good but they really don't have the timing down you know the agents in wwe like if, if you go up like the briscoes and when they used to have arn there and arn is here they should go to Arn with all those finishes so they don't, like you said, they hit him with that move and he kicks out. So that would have been a hell of a way to end it, wouldn't it, with that move? I, I thought I thought that was the point. I thought that was a logical point to, to do this. And uh, Stephen here real quick, bringing up a reminder due to the NCAA tournament next week. Rampage is at 1130 next Friday. What? Uh, <laughs> I, I did hear that. I was going to bring that up, but I didn't want to think about it. Um, so we'll, so I got to have 30 minutes wrestling free before we come and talk about it. No, that's, that's, that's an hour and a half after SmackDown. It's an hour. Oh, it is an hour and a half. So what are we uh, going to do? That's a good question. I will talk with the, the higher ups. My guess my guess would be instead of going on at 1230 in the morning to, to recap everything, my guess would be is we would go on at 10 o'clock and talk about SmackDown and do a preview show leading up to Rampage. But that would be my guess. Uh, I will talk with uh, Raju and we'll figure it out. And we'll make sure to make the announcement about what time uh, Smack Talk will actually be next week. Make sure to follow us on Facebook. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, and we'll get that announcement once uh, we all figure out what the best course of action will be. Because, uh, I mean, it's a Friday night. We appreciate everybody enjoying their time with us. But, you know, nobody wants to stay up until 3 o'clock in the morning or whatever the hell it's going to be by the time uh, uh, this show wraps up. So uh, we appreciate well, you guys well, tuning in tonight. And uh, we'll figure I appreciate, out next week. I appreciate Stephen telling us that, reminding us that. So, Stephen, just send us your name, social security number, and address. And, uh, <laughs> We're going to send a check, so we're going to send you a little check. So, so. I'll tell you and what. I, a, credit, a credit card number if you can send it. I'll okay. tell you what I really okay. liked about the, the Swerve Strickland Tony Nese match is they told a story at the beginning of this match because I like to try to figure out the story that they're trying to tell. And it was clearly that Shane was very familiar with Tony Nese. And Tony was trying to hit swerve with like all these different moves and he just kept nonchalantly and very smoothly like ducking him and it's that it reminded me of mr miyagi when he fought cobra kai and, and karate kid you know like they just they couldn't touch him and tony was more injuring himself than he was uh swerve scott i thought that was a really really good start uh or excuse me swerve strickland god dang old habits die hard uh i thought that was a really really great great start to the match i like the finish if it would have been the finish Thought it went like sixty seconds too long, but overall, I think this is a a great so debut. Strickland one. This yeah. is Strickland's de debut. 
Yes, I okay. thought it was a great debut for Swerve. He's obviously already over with the audience. It's another good pickup for uh, AEW. Well, probably well not one thing him. I like about I like about Rampage it's an hour, yep. and they can pack a lot into that hour. So where was this show Rampage? Where was it from? Oh, gosh. Was it? It wasn't a live show, was it? Uh, no, this one was definitely taped tonight. You could tell by the way they edited everything together. Uh, it was wherever ramp, uh, wherever uh, Dynamite was this past Wednesday, which I don't okay. remember. This is why we need Sid here. Sid knows all the minute details and remembers everything. The guy's in a freaking encyclopedia, to be completely honest. Are you, are, are you saying I can't remember anything? No, I'm saying I can't remember anything. No, well, that is true. That is that is. I, I hate to be correcting you every other sentence, but... <laughs> All right, Dutch. What's uh, what? What do you got going on outside of here? Well, I'm doing a. Uh, I'm getting some, some dolls, and I'm going to have them for sale. Oh, okay. And I'm getting. I'm getting another. I, I thought you were talking about you were just going to go out and buy some dolls to play with. Stop it. And a guy actually made me two, completely different looking dolls. I don't know how they make these. How, how do they make those dolls? You can buy the parts, right? And you just make make the clothing for them? I don't know how they do that. I, I don't know. 3D printers? I'm not sure, man. Is it 3D? Is it? Is that what they use? I don't know. You should have it. You should have a doll made. I should? You can send me one so I can stick pins in it. Ah. I get mad at yeah. you. <laughs> well, stick See? one in the small of my back. Maybe it'll make it feel better. So your back is hurting every day, every damn day. Do you do do, uh, do you do stretches? Yes, I do. You do the ball, the roll, roller ball, ball, or yeah, yes, yeah. You got to do that. You got to do that. Yeah, no, they're actually. I woke up one morning at uh, at at work uh, last week, and my back was killing me while I was doing the six thirty news, and we had like a two minute commercial break, so I got down on the floor. And we moved into a new studio, so they're smaller, right? So I get down on the floor to kind of arch my back and do some stretching. And then our sports guy, <laughs> our sports guy, who comes on like five minutes after me, I have no idea why he was going into the booth this early, all of a sudden like kicks the dang door in because he didn't see me sitting in the chair and just damn near blasts me in the face with this big-ass soundproof heavy door. And I'm like, mother like dude what the hell so anywho yeah it was uh that was fun did he, apolo- did he apologize to you yes he did yeah he did uh, it was just it was well, just of course you- of course that would happen at that particular point in time that i'm down on the ground stretching and then all of a sudden a dude uh-huh. kicked toward my face all right what you got going on uh well uh of course you guys can catch me and sid every monday through thursday on the believe in pro wrestling podcast which is available at 7 a.m uh, wherever podcasts are available or you can subscribe uh to our youtube channel that is believe in pro wrestling spelled b-l-e-a-v please subscribe and if you subscribe now you'll get ahead of the game for any giveaways that we do in the future and plus you will uh, make sure that you don't miss out 3 p.m on monday got a 20 minute conversation with Mr. Face of the Revolution himself, Wardlow, uh, that is going to be dropping on the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast YouTube channel. Again, that is 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Monday, so make sure to check that out. And if you missed that, you can catch my write-up on that interview uh, for SB Nation on cagesideseats.com. Also, you can uh, feel free to follow me on the Twitter machine at Ricky Chino, as you see there, and follow him at uh, 
at Dirty D Mantel. We appreciate everybody. We appreciate all the comments, your questions, your concerns. Still can't believe they named Pete Dunbutch. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. I agree with you. You probably suggested it, Bobby. Of, of course. You, up. you said, yeah. oh, I'd change that Pete Dunn's name. You know, I got Vince's ear. You know, I got I got Vince's yeah. ear. They, they, they do a lot of what I tell them to do. All like putting right. the Intercontinental title on Ricochet. That was totally my idea. Sid will be back with us next week. You guys enjoy your weekend, everybody. See ya. <laughs>